Movies by Minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time, that's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Best saddle up now, kids, cause here we go. Howdy, and welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed western Silverado, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm your host, Austin Pryor of MalkovichMinute.net, and my guests are Niall and John from Bat Minute and Robin. Yeehoo! Why, howdy there, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> I keep wanting to say Yahoo, but now I feel like that's been <laughs> it's been tainted by the search engine. <laughs> like, oh, like, I thought oh, no, that, I thought you were like Mario, you know? Yahoo! Yahoo! It makes you sound like a, a Yahoo. <laughs> yeah. Um, Americans are like, what are these people doing? What are these accents? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was also really associated though with Richard Attenborough in Jurassic Park as the helicopter's going down, going like Yahoo! <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Funny, duddy old man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never really thought about the difference between Yahoo and Yeehaw. I don't, I don't think I quite registered that they are two different things until now. I think in the age of Google, though, people are like, don't say Yahoo. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it, that's, that's the inferior. Maybe, uh, we'll try other, maybe we'll try other exclamations. <laughs> Ask, Ask Jeeves! <laughs> I love, I'm trying to think of more. What, what other, what other uh, search engines did we used to have? Alta Vista? If you're young listeners, there used to be a lot of search engines, mm-hmm. let me just say. Mm-hmm. Alta Vista, uh, Dogpile. <laughs> Dogpile. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. my word. None of these things featured, of course, in the Old West. <laughs> <laughs> so, minute two of Silverado. Boy, howdy, is this an action-packed minute. This is like... I mean, the first time I saw this, apart from having to, you know, reach for the remote to reduce the volume, I was just gobsmacked with this as a piece of filmmaking. I was exactly the same, actually. I remember I messaged Niall on Facebook while I was watching it to go, this start is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what I love, right? It's an action-packed minute, but the very beginning of the minute, Mm -hmm. slow still. It's still slow. And I thought that was fantastic because too many of these movies... Uh, they'll start immediately with the yeah. shootout. Like, here's your shootout. Whereas this teases it. You're like, yeah. what's going on here? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and if you have, if you don't have, like, you need, you need dynamics. You need mm-hmm. to have the softs and the louds. And if you don't go soft first, you won't get. And what movies do nowadays is right before a big explosion, they dip all the sound. Yeah. <laughs> because it would never t- occur to them to have, you know, actual silence for any period of time <laughs> other than, like, Two seconds before a massive explosion. Well, I remember when um, the Last Jedi came out. Yeah, and you know, there's that scene. <laughs> yeah, not, not to not to talk about a controversial movie, but that scene where the the audio cuts out. Yeah. I remember when we went to the cinema to see it. There's a sign outside oh, saying, "Like, man. no, don't worry. There's a bit where it goes quiet. It's fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the cinema." Yeah. <laughs> How impatient are people, though, that they yeah. were just like, that's been over us. What yeah. the hell? What's it was going literally on? about four seconds. Yeah. <laughs> The guy's halfway up the corridor to complain, like, oh, wait, sorry, sorry, I'll sit back down. And it wasn't, it wasn't even completely silent. No, it's ridiculous. Imagine imagine those people watching, like, proper old movies. They'd lose their minds. Yeah. yeah. There's whole stretches <laughs> of silence. People watching Silverado, turn up the volume. Yeah. <laughs> it's only a minute and nine seconds in. Turn it up, I said. I was I watching, um, if you watch, like, really early sound films, they're 
they're like there are stretches of silence where I mean like silent silence like this is a silent movie like the mm. like M by Fritz Lang because oh, um, yeah. he was just obviously his most famous movie is Metropolis and then he moved into to talkies and when it's silent it's like it dips down to like actual complete silence like no no ambient sound or nothing yeah that must and, be kind of weird contrast yeah it's very odd to like to a modern audience but um because it was it was kind of like and now in this reel we'll use sound you know so like this scene requires <laughs> sound as if it's like yeah not how it works anymore obviously <laughs> i thought that was quite, quite quite strange there actually um Again, going back to Star Wars, as everything, all roads lead back oh, to yeah. Star Wars. Hey, you'll get no complaints here. <laughs> but that was like, um, uh, a few weeks back when, um, of course, you know, the, the book of Boba Fett, by the time this airs, that all long gone, obviously. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I remember someone saying like, oh yeah, that opening episode is not going to get anyone. There's like nine minutes of silence in it. There's like nine minutes where like there's no talking, no dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. really? It's a, there's seriously nine minutes where no one's talking. It's like that is. It's, it's almost now in retrospect, kind of like a mission statement of the show because the show is so slow. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, nine minutes of silence. That's what you get. <laughs> I think the way has been cleared for that of all places. I think by Pixar because mm. Pixar did two movies maybe not in a row but very close together wally and up which both have these opening sequences with no dialogue and just all visual storytelling yeah and, and it's um, actually more effective than most of their other yeah openings. they're just just amazing yeah and i mean it's obviously always been there they didn't invent it but i think they kind of like in the modern era of like loudness and colors and shapes everywhere and you know the overstimulation of kind of modern filmmaking mm. they dared to be quiet you know mm. of course I then all it. those films had to come with warnings outside saying like, <laughs> no dialogue for the first 15 yeah. minutes as, as, as famously Silverado did as well there's yeah. a sign outside yeah. <laughs> it's really quiet at the start don't don't go into the projection booth and turn up the volume <laughs> it's like all Columbia uh, logos don't have none of them have any music on except yeah. Ghostbusters yeah. Yeah. that little bit but don't get too excited when you hear that <laughs> yeah because if you turned this up uh, you're going to deafen yourself <laughs> I was actually years ago. I was in a um, a brick and mortar video rental shop. That'll tell you how many years ago it was. Remember those kids? Uh, yeah, and they were selling off X rental Blu-rays, which is you know one of my favorite things to buy. And I I was buying All Is Lost. You know that movie with um, Robert Redford on a boat. Oh yeah, yeah. And I had seen it already. I was like, cool. I definitely want to check this one out again. And the guy behind the till is like, oh, listen, um, I don't know if you know about this movie, but you, like, there's, there's no talking in it. <laughs> and I just, yeah, it's fine. He was, he was warning me. And, and I, said, um, I said, oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's great. I've seen it before. Yeah, no, 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 but there's like, actually just no talking at all. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably somebody's returned it. <laughs> yeah. I was going to want to get this guy when he was watching it, just like <laughs> I know, pacing I know. around the room, like, what is going He's on? He's losing his mind. <laughs> yeah. Banging his TV and stuff to see what's... And then I was like, yeah, no, I've, I've seen it, it's, it's, but it's really good, though. You know, you know, whatever I said about visual storytelling or whatever. And he just goes, okay, 
<laughs> and he's like allows me to buy the film off <laughs> if you sure sign yeah. this waiver yeah exactly you're getting home yeah, and getting yeah. like a phone call and the same as like you know you can't return it right <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no dialogue at all okay <laughs> all right speaking of no dialogue i'm just gonna work through this minute two of the movie from the script because as i was saying in the first episode the script is so close to the the film that i'm just gonna just go paragraph by paragraph through this amazing action sequence so mm. the door of the shack bursts inward as a gunman crashes in for a moment he is silhouetted against the blinding morning light his two six guns blasting even before the door has bounced shut behind him returning the hut to darkness and then we cut to emmett's holster the gun gone i have a question then uh-huh. i'm gonna interrupt it's more of a rhetorical question, more of a like, let, let's, let's have Go a little it. bit of Go fun. Let's it. poke a little bit of fun. How did this guy miss those shots? How did he not hit Emmett? Yeah. He's like ah. point blank. Well, well, that's the, that's, uh, I don't know if you want to feel this one. No, Austin, no, go for I, it. Go for it now. Because this actually, this is a, a real thing. Again, my dad had been a big Western fan. Uh, he would love this because, and I remember they distinctly made a point of this type of thing in um, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. One of the, the best movie titles ever. Fantastic, uh, the, with, yeah. You know, Brad Pitt, Sam Rockwell and stuff. And it's a bit where a guy, very similar to this, bursts into the room, tries to shoot Sam Rockwell, who's on the floor, and he's standing right in front of him, and the, he can't hit him. Yeah. And it's just basically that the sights on the guns were that bad back in the day. Right. That, like, you could be pointing right at someone, <laughs> and it could still, it would, it would like, zip right past them. Because it was just, like, yeah, the, the barrels and the sights were just, like, very crudely made. I suppose then the skill of, like, the duels, the, you know, at high noon in the streets. Yeah. I'm just thinking now, is this to do with, like, somebody who knows the particular bias of their weapon so well that and they've practiced a million times and they know exactly where to point to compensate for it and everything it's like well i mean you see in this movie you know spoiler alert you see characters practicing for that very reason i think yeah 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 and there's me i'm poking a little bit of fun at it but that is actually something i enjoy about this movie as a whole which i'll I'll bring up now because we don't get any minutes like this (laughs) um you know it could very well be for the sake of easing off on the violence yes but a lot of people in this movie miss when they shoot yeah Mm. a lot of people which to me felt more realistic because as far as i'm aware as as an english person with no gun shooting a gun is hard (laughs) it's not you can't just go ah yeah and and you're being shot at at the same time and if everybody was you know shooting and and hitting all the time then Danny Lover wouldn't look like the amazing b- oh, marksman that he is. He has my and heart in this movie. I know. He's, oh, God, he's so good. <laughs> so I just think the idea is this Emmett is so fast. Is That's mm. why, because by the time he's burst in, he's now hitting a moving target because the guy has sat up and grabbed his own gun. Oh, he's already moved, yeah. Now, they definitely cheat it because if you kind of slow it down beat for beast it's physically impossible the move <laughs> that Emmett makes but like that's editing that's the art of cinema well, it's like you know Batman what I mean? the way he disappears yeah yeah, yeah. no <laughs> totally it's more than allowable it's I celebrate it you know because yeah. like they cheat with the angle of how he takes the gun out of the holster 
Yeah. And then he like bend his arm in a yeah. really weird way. <laughs> Something like that. It looks like for the insert shot of taking the gun out, it looks like he was actually standing up and stuff. It was just mm. like, you know, and then you see him crouched at the end of the bed or like he's pulled up his legs to the end of the bed and he's shooting from a seated position. And that adds to this. I, the idea is he's so fast and he sleeps, you know, sleep with one eye open kind of yeah. thing. Yeah sleeps so lightly that he you know he responds to the smallest sound which must which is kind of hilarious to watch because it must be false alarms throughout the night you know <laughs> he's oh, had yeah. 10 minutes of sleep yeah. some little cricket comes and <laughs> You know, Thor should literally be, have like a giant hole in it already. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's blown ninety percent of his ammo through that. Exactly. Door. Yeah. But the, yeah. The, because it's such a quick shot, though, of him taking the, the gun out of the holster. On first viewing, well, say first viewing, watching it for this uh, initially, I thought it was a, a play in the old trick of. Um, do you guys ever see like the good, the bad, and the ugly? Yeah, mm-hmm. with the you know great, great movie. And there's a bit where a guy comes in to get the jump on Eli Wallach, who's taking a bath. Okay, and he's like, "I got your gun." Yeah, and he's taunting Eli Wallach for ages, and then it turns out Eli Wallach has a gun in the bath with him and just shoots him <laughs> through the water. Yeah. That yeah, wouldn't does... actually work in real life, but it's you know it's a, it's a nice little beat. But I, I figured the the thing was here was that oh you're sh- he's got a gun and a holster by the bed. And the twist was that he had one in his hand while he was mm-hmm. sleeping as well. That, that, yeah. You know, that was, but they actually do make a point of like, no, he, yeah, he would have to sit up, reach around and get it at that weird angle. Yeah. And then get this guy. And it's a bit like, I would have almost rather they had it, that he just had it in his hand already because it would have made more sense to me. But. Yeah. I, th- I think the first time I watched it, I was just so kind of overwhelmed. I think it's only because of analysis that I'm, that I'm seeing any kind of problem with. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like when you watch it, you just think this is cool. Yeah. And also <laughs> if you watch it and something doesn't quite scan, the next shot establishes okay no that's where he is uh whatever i thought something else a, a split second ago doesn't matter yeah. i'm here now and you're just moment to moment in it so it doesn't you're not kind of going um uh, actually in the previous <laughs> shot you know what i mean it's a, that was a great impersonation of me there uh, <laughs> <laughs> well I, I i have been listening to a lot of Val McGowan guest spots on various <laughs> podcasts for the last month and that's the thing right this this is something that movie watchers and, and critics and things need to Keep in mind, you can point out flaws in things in a fun way. Yeah. You don't have to hate the movie. Like, we criticize Batman all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we love yeah. Batman. <laughs> we, can, we can point out that this makes no sense. It doesn't mean it's a bad movie. It's great. No, <laughs> no it's, it's a magic trick. We enjoy being fooled. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you don't enjoy being fooled, stop going to movies. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would suggest a new hobby. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the gun is here in Emmett's hand, erupting now with three quick explosions. The intruder flies against the far wall of the hut and lands on the floor dead. From outside, two bullets pierce the plank wall behind Emmett, light streaming through in forty-five caliber shafts. Oh, Oh, that's a lovely bit of writing. This writing is so good. This feels like a novel. I know, I know. It's just like it's 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 such. It's a shame to waste this prose on a screenplay that'll never be read except for occasionally on podcasts. You know, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, um, obviously, what we're seeing is great, but yeah, there's something there's something you can't take from the page. Yeah, it could be that Lawrence Cass again because he was a guy desperately trying to get hired in Hollywood for like you know six or seven years and getting constant rejections that he was really, really working on like yeah. making his scripts stand out. Maybe that's the, the problem. Maybe people are like, "Man, this is too wordy. What are you doing?" Yeah, yeah. 
to say shack gun boot kick <laughs> that's what most scripts say <laughs> yeah well apparently in the marvel movies they just like you know insert action sequence here kind of thing and just yeah. Yeah. and they'll and they'll have basic outcome the of the here's who needs to get injured if you know in the very occasional time that somebody actually gets injured in any way that's significant to the plot well, have, have i right i i'm sure i heard somewhere that the action scenes aren't directed by the director yeah i have yeah. heard that too they're basically given to a team like yeah, yeah you do this <laughs> yeah i think that was with um was it chloe Zhao with uh, eternals i think she came out and said like oh yeah like i was all geared up to direct these action scenes and they're like no no we we have people we'll, wow. we'll handle that <laughs> <laughs> so our lead here i love him yeah he's i amazing. instantly mm. fell for him because to me i'm just thinking this dude looks like a cowboy Mm-hmm. He, I don't mean this as an insult to him. He looks like he's lived it rough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks tough. He looks leathery. You know? Yeah. He's the kind of guy, too, you turn around. He's like, he's 35 years old. Yes, probably Well, he looks like he looks like a cross between Lance Henriksen and a yeah. Carradine. I, 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 totally, always, I, I you, thought it was Lance Henriksen at first. Right. Oh, I, I thought it was David Carr. Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> okay, excellent. There's been times in later day Scott Glenn movies where I'm like, is that David Carr? Oh, no, David yeah. Carr, he's dead. So yeah. I'm like, no, yeah. oh, it's Scott Glenn. That's of course. Oh, that's wild that we both thought yeah. one half of what you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <clears throat> I thought on the, on, the, on the Blu-ray cover, he looks kind of like Lance Henriksen. And in, in the first shot I see him in the movie, I thought, oh, is that a Carradine? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> one like, of the Carradines. One of the Carradines, yeah, yeah. Nah, he's, uh, he's great casting. Uh, to me, he's the star of the, him and Danny Glover. Yeah. I think make the movie for me. And oh, Kevin yeah. Klein and everybody else. I just <laughs> well, I, I, love, I love that this is an ensemble movie. Can I be controversial? And I really then? wish uh, you you can be John in a sec. Um, I just I I, I just want to make the point, and I don't know where where to put this point. That like, God bless the ensemble movie. Bring it back. Oh, yeah. I just want I want more of these. I want it to not have. I I don't want it to necessarily be like, where's the main character? And when the main character is yeah. not there, everybody should be saying, where's the main character? You know, I just <laughs> I I like that ensemble feel, and I think it's another thing that isn't um, that isn't around in movies much nowadays. Agreed, totally. Like the closest we have to a main character, I would say is is this lovely chap here. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but he's not. Like, sometimes yeah, he's not on screen for film is, Yeah, chunks yeah. of the film is, he, he's, like, sick in a cave. And, and chunks yeah. of the film, Kevin Klein is, feels like the main character, you know? Mm. Uh, but but um, what's your controversial point there? Right. I love everyone in the movie. Oh. Great oh. cast. Wonderful. Except for one. Wow. Hit me. Can you guess who it is? I think you it's Kevin Klein from the context. No, 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 no. Oh, it's not. Okay. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a Kevin. Oh, I see. Ah. The young Costner boy. I actively hated Kevin Costner. <laughs> Sorry, wow. listeners. I, wow. I was... He angered me. Wow. Because they're like, oh, he's the silly, wacky one, but he can't do it. Yeah, it's... it's I... An, in retrospect now too particularly knowing what we know of the the public image of kevin costner it is very odd because you know he usually is the stalwart sort of very stoic very stony faced straight guy 
Like, that's kind of his thing. He's always the heroic noble type. Okay. And this one, he is the kind of bandy-legged, you know, he's almost like a Sam Rockwell kind of character. Like, he's a real... Sam Rockwell would guy. be great if you made it yeah. now. Yeah. I, yeah. I gotta say, I've never been... I don't think I've ever seen a Kevin Costner movie that I'm crazy about, and I don't think I've been crazy about him in anything. I don't, You know, I don't love him or hate him. And mm. I kind of like, wow, this is a really different, fun version of him. Oh, it's very different. And, very, and very I, different. I did kind of enjoy it, and I, I enjoyed this his youth. And um, yeah, oh, I, I, I get it. I'm me, in the minority. To me, he when pulled I it off. To me, he pulled it off <laughs> because I just I believed that he was the 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 younger brother who was trouble. And then I loved seeing kind of towards the end of the movie that he's like there'd be nobody better to have by your side in a fight because he's like he's so fast and he's so smart but where he moves and where he goes and hides and everything and just yeah i just i loved watching him um but Mm. uh, but i it's a choice he's making and i know i'm in the minority and it's a bold choice so you can that goes that can really rub people up the wrong way because i actually didn't mind the performance and i did find it jarring because you're like it's kevin costner he's just Mm. like the Mm. opposite of the and he's kooky (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very against type for him. And I was kind of wondering, like, why hasn't he ever really visited that type of character again? Like, again, too, because he's worked with Lauren Ka- Lawrence Kasdan a bunch. Like, mm. the, you know, the Lawrence Kasdan will probably bring it up throughout the week. He's very almost incestuous and, like, the, the yeah. like, constantly bringing back the same people over and over. I always like that with, with uh, film. Yeah, I mean, Coen Brothers, you know, yeah. have, have yeah, their, yeah. like, it feels like a repertory theater that has their, their kind of cast, you know? Mm. Well, actually, one of the guys he frequently works with is William Hurt, mm. and he doesn't work with Scott Glenn as much. And I, I was trying to see if I could find anything, and I couldn't. But I would not be surprised if Scott Glenn's character was originally intended to be William Hurt, <laughs> and it's, for some reason he just couldn't be in the movie or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but the thing is, yeah, Costner. I thought like I was just more sort of afterwards going like, yeah, why isn't that one? You know, why isn't Kasdan cast him in a livelier part? You know, in in, in roles subsequent to this like i think as yeah. soon as he, get, he hits the 90s he's just very much like i'm kevin costner mm. i'm very mm. serious yeah this is my time. thing now but which gets okay into, like the point of you know clark kent's dad who like <laughs> won't even emote when a freaking tornado yeah. is about to kill him which although i'm mocking like, him a little good. bit for this i'd rather he took some chances like like this <laughs> he wasn't emoting mm. when the tornado took because he couldn't see or hear the tornado from the green screen he was obviously uh. standing on <laughs> sadly that's probably the truth yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's like what a tornado okay yeah. like, what? Oh. <laughs> stand there and wave Thanks, Kevin. That's a wrap. <laughs> um, so Emmett is out of the bunk and on the floor. He fires once over the bunk in the moment of quiet that follows. We hear running footsteps outside the hut. Emmett follows their progress with the point of his gun, but holds his fire. Suddenly, a shotgun blasts a large hole in the roof of the shack and the table disintegrates in a new column of light. Yeah, I just, I loved watching him, like, track the outdoor and, like, every bit of this text is communicated with some cut to some little insert shot on screen where we see that he's not firing, we see that he's tracking things, and when the next paragraph here Emmett glances upwards but quickly returns his attention to the side walls, there's this, there's this shot that I think they've reversed a shot of him looking up. 
Oh. To get him looking back down, that communicates to me this, you know, I could be completely wrong on this theory that like, you know, they didn't necessarily get everything they wanted, but they really wanted to stick to the script. And in the edit, they made this shot. There's this shot that looks slightly off. I like it. It looks, you know, it looks good, but it just, there's a slight offness to his movement. And I think they reversed a shot of him looking up and um because he tur- he returns his attention it perfectly communicates the idea of returning his attention back down it's like oh yeah they want to draw my fire and i'm too smart to let my fire be drawn up i'm coming down i'll deal with you later you know what i mean because the guy oh, up I on the roof it, yeah. obviously doesn't know where i am so i i'm much better off killing the, this guy first you know and that's um, another reason that it's good that he doesn't just shoot because yeah. not only are you wasting your ammo you're giving but away your position. Yeah, you're giving away yeah. your position. Because he, yeah. in theory, he could be anywhere in that cabin at this point. They're, they aren't fully aware of where he's positioned anymore. Yeah. Mm. So speaking of that, did you have a particular response to this thing of th- he threw away his six-shooter onto the stove? Did you get what was happening there? I mean, I, I'm yes. assuming, so he should, throws it on and then the heat from the stove causes the gun to blow up. That's um, what I thought. Yeah, yeah, it's a good it, as a, as a video gamer because I'm a sad nerd. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like a distraction. Um, in Call mm. of Duty, you've got decoy grenades. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's what it is. In the script, it clarifies that he throws the gun over to the stove, and it's not the heat of the stove that sets it off because it actually. The point is, it's empty, so there would be no gunpowder to be set off by the heat. Uh. What actually happened is just that he throws it over there to make a noise over there, and as soon as he does. The gunman shoots that spot from outside. Oh, I see. I see. And now he knows where the gunman is. And now he knows where the gunman is, and now the gunman has a false location for him. So that actually makes more sense. Yeah, because I was like, isn't he kind of wasting a gun? Yeah. by like blowing it up. Yeah, and I was like, oh no, now he can go retrieve it as well. So yeah, that's yeah. actually a much plus, better. Plus, plan. he's got a better gun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yes, which brings us to the Winchester rifle. Oh yeah, the classic. Yeah, so I'm not a gun person. I suspect neither of you is either. So I think uh, future episodes will have to deal with that. None of us are going to pretend to be a gun person. But no, we'll kind but, of just be reading things we read on the internet if we do. That. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's no Winchester point. is the only thing because uh, I think it's the same kind of thing that Arnie has. Again, bringing it back to Arnie. <laughs> yeah. In Terminator Two, where he does the one-handed flip. That's a. I think that's a shotgun though in Terminator Two, isn't it? That's a pump action shotgun yeah he's got it it's uh, whereas this is like you pull from it's more that there's a a handle behind the trigger that you that you pull on to flip up around i think i talked to i think future guests of the show as well dave palace Mm because i think he is more of a gun guy okay and I remember saying, like, oh, yeah, the, the, the shotgun thing. And he, I think, I'm pretty sure he told me, he's like, no, it's a Winchester. And it's got, it's like the reason he doesn't have to reload it as often is because it's lined with bullets up this. Yes. Oh, that, you pull that out makes And you sense. flip it around. Yeah, and does he cut yeah. it down? Yeah, he cut off, he cut off the uh, the end of it. Okay. The, okay. The, so it doesn't have, like, the big thing at the back. Okay. Just, so, so it's a more modern Winchester. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there is something sure about loading me, yeah. mechanism that they have. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry to any gun enthusiasts who are listening and tearing their hair out and going, you're getting it wrong. Hey, we can't help um, it. We're not American. Anytime anybody says anything about like audiovisual equipment on a podcast, I'm like, oh my God, what are you saying? <laughs> we haven't lost them with John's uh, anti Kevin Costner rhetoric. <laughs> the, the Winchester info is going to clear them out. Hey, if you, if you think these, these lot are idiots, you know, have fun. Make fun of us. Laugh at us. We don't know anything about go. guns. I couldn't tell there you. you I don't know. You, you point it. You pull the trigger. 
apparently it goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this action in general, uh, I, I found this all very exciting because I don't think this is such a general thing to say. I don't think they shoot action like this anymore. Like it's got okay. tension. It's allowed yeah. to build, to breathe. Yes. Yeah, movies nowadays are rubbish, and I hate them all. <laughs> <laughs> they really are just like, oh, stuff's happening, it's happening. Where's this? Like, it, I yeah. know what's happening. I know <clears throat> where it's happening. I mean, cinema attained perfection in with Silverado in 1985. Like, it's a scientific fact. We all, we all. Know <laughs> yeah, <now>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really well crafted, apart from the fact that, you know, none of us got that idea about the, we all thought the, the gun was being kind of set off by the stove or something. At least I um, knew it was a distraction tactic. <laughs> yes, you got that idea. So, but apart from that, I think the the ideas are so well communicated. But actually, speaking of the Winchester, we have to talk about this crazy... Oh, the this, shot this, where the Winchester's spinning in the air oh, before yeah. If all the, the praise for the action in this minute, it was like, how far away is he from this gun? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <why> like, <laughs> it seems to like fly across <clears throat> the room to him or something. It's like, I thought he was right there. It's like but 100 it is. meters or something. <laughs> but I think it's pretty, it's pretty clear, especially with the sound effects, that it's kind of uh, like a, a flourish. Yeah. A complete exaggeration of the... Because it just made me think of, like, is this a rifle from Parker Lewis Can't Lose or something <laughs> with, the, with the sound effects, you know? Yeah, so Emmett dives for the bunk. With the tips of his fingers, he pulls hard on the muzzle. The Winchester flips full circle into the air as the bunk behind it is shredded from above. With an odd kind of inevitability, as those seeking its rightful place, the Winchester arcs into a shaft of light where it is met by Emmett's steady waiting hands. Before it is even settled, he has cocked and fired twice through a hole in the roof. So that's the idea, you know, that's it expressed in words there. It's just dramatizing the deftness with which he brings it to its hand, like it's like it's finding its rightful place. Yeah. And, and, the, and the light, uh, yeah, just creating one of those perfect moments where everything coincides perfectly. You know, It's almost like it's yeah. somebody, uh, like a, a third party in the saloon, two years later, retelling this tale. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and embellishing it. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, and then the gun went like, in the air like 15 times, and it was unbelievable. And it was this guy, this fella, Emmett. Looked like Lance Henderson. No, no, no. One of the Carradines. <laughs> oh, exactly. It wouldn't be this character. He wouldn't be embellishing it. He's not the no, sword. No, no. It'd be someone else who's heard about it. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so... Any other notes for minute two? No, no. Nothing that can't be carried over into the other minutes, really. Loaded out. Right. Well, folks, it is time for us to holster these six shooters and ride on out. We'll see you all tomorrow for another Silverado Minute. In the meantime, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or the World Wide Web itself at SilveradoMinute.com. Social media-wise, you can find us in the Midnight Star Saloon, the Silverado Minutes listeners group on Facebook, and on Twitter, we're Silverado MXM. So I'll ask you to come back here for another rip-roaring, gun-toting minute of Silverado. Yeah! Yeehaw, boy! Yeehaw. <laughs> Yahoo! I love that we just ruined the end. Yeah, yeah, you got it, you got it. <laughs>